0: You're listening to the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We talk sports because we know sports. Hi, right, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holiday. I am Doc Holliday. Isaac Bruce, what's up, man? I hadn't seen you or talked to you in a couple of weeks, bro. How you doing, man?
1: How you doing? What's up, man? I'm doing well, man. Been been a little busy. Well, fruitful, as I like to say. But, uh, you know, it's football, season going on. Uh, school is back open. And, uh, you know, just keeping keeping everything steady man how you doing though
0: i'm great man i'm blessed man yeah we took a week off last week man you know really what really wasn't too much to talk about man nfl season preseason was finishing up college football really didn't get started until this weekend so that's why i said you know what bro let's start back this today and the reason we starting today because isaac bruce hey man we had a lot of great college football going on over the weekend man before i go through some of these scores man and uh, 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 speak briefly on some of these games. Uh, any games that you watched, man, and other games that you watched, which game stood out for you, bro? I I, I guarantee you, besides Memphis, you are been to say something about one of them Florida teams, but I, I'm going to leave it to you, though. I'll
1: <laughs> well, tell you what, Doc. It was a lot of great football this weekend, man. Just starting off on Thursday night uh, with the backyard brawl. You got Pittsburgh versus West Virginia schools that are 70 miles away from each other. It was an exciting football game, particularly the second half, man. A lot of uh, lead changes in that game. But you mentioned it, man. I think uh, Florida Gators, they showed that they're a formidable appoint- opponent this year in the SEC. The Miami Hurricanes, you really can't say they're back. I mean, the slogan down here for the Miami Hurricanes is that the the the, the U is back to work. So uh, they went out and, uh, you know, just in between, you know, those games and, uh, we we had Memphis playing. We had uh, you know versus Mississippi State. We saw a lot of other teams play. I saw University of uh, North Carolina versus Appalachian State, which turned out to be a good game with a basketball score ending. Um, and and on top of that, man, we saw the Florida State Seminoles uh, kind of wake up last night and 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 show some punch that they haven't shown in a couple of years. So it was exciting all the way around for college football, Doc. I mean, I must say. I'm on two. My high school lost uh, a big time game this week and my Tigers lost. So I'm on two this week, man.
0: Who y'all lose to, bro? Who did Dillard? Who, the, who, who beat Dillard this time, dog?
1: shamana shamana Madonna. I mean, they they beat up on us. We jumped out to a 14 to nothing lead with an opportunity to go up 21 to nothing and throw an interception, but it was it was pretty much downhill from there. Uh Madonna is the 12th rate team in the nation. So they proved that.
0: Oh, okay, so you want you to won't put it on that because they got a little ranking. That's your excuse for y'all losing, okay. but I got you, man. But anyway, you said some scores, bro. Uh, like you said, man, Florida State and LSU gave us a classic game last night, bro. Now, Florida State, with, under former Memphis Tigers head coach Mike Norvell going into his third year, bro, this may be his biggest win since he got there. They win 24-23, man, and this is the best I've seen Florida State look in Mike Norvell's two seasons before now, the way they beat LSU last night. Now, LSU, Brian Kelly, man, you know, his special teams absolutely sucked, bro. I don't know. He getting $10 million a year, but I don't know who his special teams coach is, but they may be getting fired, bro. They got two, you know, two uh, 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 field goals, extra points, blocks. Uh, I think they fumbled one on a punt return or something, man. But anyway, bro, the way that game ended, now I said when Florida State, they came down there, bro, they had a chance to just seal a deal. But what's my man? The, the, the running back. No, I, I want to get it. Uh, TreShaun Ward fumbled the ball, bro, on the one yard line on on LSU's one yard line with one twenty to go. I don't mean to laugh, man, because I know how it feels when you're a running back and you fumble anyway. But especially fumbling in that situation. When that happened, I said, man, Florida State needs to, Florida State needs to be slapped. Then when they let LSU, well, they didn't let LSU. Then LSU drives 99 yards, Ike B, 98 or whatever it was, and then score. Well, one second left. I said, Florida State, y'all really need to be slapped. But then LSU let Florida State block the extra point, man, and end up winning the game. I said, LSU, you need to be slapped. But great win for Florida State, man. I don't know if the Seminoles are back, but. That's a key win for Mike Norvell because they've been ready to chop his head off, bro, for the last couple of seasons, especially last season.
1: Well, absolutely. Florida State is a great program, but a lot of former great players. The alumni is huge. They traveled well for this game. You could you could hear that that Florida State chant going all through the building last night down there in Louisiana. But you know, the same can be said for LSU. This was pretty much a home game for LSU, man. When you talk about Uh, you know, uh, the distance from their campus in Baton Rouge. And Doc, you mentioned, you know, with the new regime at LSU, Brian Kelly, his first year. You know, I mean, this is the first game and, you know, there's no preseason games in college football. So the the very next game you play is the best game that you must play. And guys have to perform from a a special team standpoint. You want to always have the three phases of your game, of your team perform well. The special teams didn't perform well. I think they were the, the, the main cause of some points going on the board for Florida State and taking some points off the board for LSU, man. It's totally unacceptable. And these guys have a level of standard down at LSU, especially with special teams, man. It's called DBU, but at the same time, these special teams have to show up for these guys, man, to play game-winning football and, and big moments like that.
0: Now, I know Florida State did eventually end up winning the game, but Ike B, bro, you don't let nobody drive on you 98, 99 yards, man. You don't let nobody drive on you 99 yards with left, with a minute left to play to tie the game up. It's one thing about uh, uh, playing prevent defense. But come on, man. Come on, bro. I mean, that's the big negative. I got I to gotta, I, I gotta take the Florida State. Even though they played tough, I seen that Florida speed. I was looking for it. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, awesome. Hey, they got their speed back out there. They got some athletes back out there. But I ain't going to get on Florida State too too much because they did win the game. But I think, mean, come on, bro. You can't let nobody drive on you, man, 99 yards under that situation in those circumstances and have a potential uh, to tie the game up, though.
1: But well, Doug, you, you take a look at the stat sheet and you got to look at the time of possession and see how long LSU's offense had the football. I mean, Florida State's defense was out there for a very long time in the second half. And you're talking about guys who have been in that Florida heat. I don't know if they practice in Louisiana, but it could be draining, Doc. I mean, these guys weren't expecting to play 70, uh, maybe 65, 70 snaps in a game. So when you get in a situation like that, man, your legs may be gone. That, That nullifies your speed and people just running downhill on you like LSU was trying to do throwing short passes, getting big games, screens behind the line of scrimmage, and just putting a lot of pressure on that Florida State defense, man. So you you get situations like that. It's just fortunately for the the, the Seminoles that they were rather they were able to gather themselves and, and block an extra point after the touchdown. So hats off to the to the Seminoles coach Mike Norvell and uh just coming out and just winning a game like that. I think that does something for the Florida State Seminoles the rest of the season, man. So they can they can really you know, revert back to this game when they play a Clemson, when they play the University of Miami, and really how show how they dug deep enough to win a game like this.
0: I like that, man. But you know, I've always been a Florida State fan, man. I used to pull for Florida State when they used to play Miami because that was that was a big rivalry. <laughs> I used to love when they played. So I used to, yeah, you shake your head, all you want to. I used to, I used, to, I used to, Dion them man, then Peter Warwick them, Warwick Dunn, all them dudes, man. Derek Brooks, uh, Tamaric uh, Vanover—that's the name I remember because he used to be balling. As a receiver, yeah. man, I mean, all these other Florida State greats. So I used to love it, man, when they played Miami, man. I, I I want that rivalry to get back, you know, to being one of the top rivalries, man. But Florida State gets that win 24 to 23. While they were winning, man, Miami, number 16th in the nation. Mario Cristobal, they beat Bethune Cookman, 70 to 13, bro. I, look, I understand you bringing a team, man, to, to a pay, to get them a paycheck to get you a win. But, dog, you, you don't have to score 70 points. I'm not giving Miami no credit for that, Ike B. That's that old prideful, boastful, I don't care about anybody but the you type thing to put 70 points <laughs> on Bethune-Cookman, man. Bethune-Cookman. That's how they treated him, bro. 70 points, bro.
1: Doc, we mentioned earlier, man, there are no preseason games uh in college football. You You don't even have scrimmages versus, you know, like, let's say FIU or FAU. You you don't scrimmage each other. So you really don't know what you have. So when you get into a game like that, when you pull your starters out, you put your second team in, you let your second team go out and work a little bit. You want to see situational football. You want to see if you can convert on third down via the run game or the pass game, short passing game. And that's what you, you give other guys opportunities who have been working just as hard as your starters in practice and training camp when they get on the field, you're not pulling the reins back. You're just calling your plays. And if you're running the ball and those other guys on the other team aren't tackling you, you're going to score touchdowns, Doc. It's always the opposite team, the, the opponent's job to stop the other team from scoring, and it's always your job to score. So you just got to go out and play your game. And unfortunately, Bethune-Cookman was on the worst end of a 70-point game this year, this weekend.
0: Miami, y'all anxious for doing that, man. The you? You ain't for doing, for putting 70 points on Bethune Cookman, man. You know, another another Florida team, and I should have went to this team after the Florida State because the Florida State alum, a Florida State legend, a pro football Hall of Famer, Deion Sanders, man. He had his team in Florida, Miami Gardens, Jackson State taking on Fam who's also located in Tallahassee. But unlike Florida State, Fam got, Deion beat the brakes off Fam bro. Jackson State beats fam you 59 to 3 I think the Orange Blossoms classics or whatever man in Miami Gardens man and uh Shador Sanders bro 29 to 33 323 yards five touchdowns no picks hey for him to be who he is in his name people going to be watching him even more critically but man, he's poised back there he throws a great ball he has some touch he makes great decisions he does not force a lot of things And I think, you know, FAMU is supposed to be pretty good this year, and they just absolutely destroyed them. And Deion was still passing the ball in the fourth quarter, too, when they were up. man. You know, FAMU uh, had a couple of turnovers. My guy from Memphis, Aubrey Miller, man, with the scoop and score. But, hey, I love what Deion Sanders is not only doing for Jackson State, but what he's doing for HBCUs because he's raising that level of notoriety to a higher level. But Jackson State, period. Well-coached team discipline players i salute what jackson state just did and what Deion sanders is doing down there bro
1: dog you're talking about the 17th ranked team in the nation right now jackson state led by a pro football hall of fame being you know, coach prime as he likes to coach prime yeah my bad but coach you prime. know what doc i went to this game last year and i i really gotta say it was vastly improved i think uh uh Sanders at the quarterback position. He's vastly improved from the way he played last year. It was a it was a turnover fest last year between these two teams. And we're talking about a FAMU football team that last week gave the University of North Carolina yes. all they could handle, minus 26 players. So to get these guys back acclimated, it just shows you uh, you know, just how how well of a coach team, how disciplined the Jackson State football team is right now, because they came in and they executed. Precisely, man, on offense, defense, and special teams. I believe all phases of the game scored a touchdown. I I saw a block punt by the young Herman Smith III. I actually played with his dad in high school. But, you know, just to see these guys, you know, the way they perform, and they perform like they were supposed to be there. So I don't think they're very far away from really competing at a very high level. level. Start scheduling some of these Power 5 schools they either come down to jackson or they go up to memphis so to speak and play these play these teams man so doc i think uh you know everything coach sanders coach prime is doing down there with the jackson with the jackson state team man it, it's it's a it's an eye opener for a lot of people and a lot of people better take better take uh be be very well alert to what's happening down there man
0: that's for real man especially everything they had to do, deal with man jackson mississippi with the water crisis man couldn't drink the water couldn't bathe in the, couldn't do anything with the water they had a water problem so uh, Jackson State was having to get their water other places and go other places, man, so they dealt with all of that thing, went down to Florida and took care of business, man, and I'm telling people now, as much as I love what Deion Sanders is doing, Coach Prime is doing at Jackson State, man, uh, he's teaching these young, magically melanated these young Royals how to be men, how to overcome, because it's way beyond football because I'll be listening to him. He's teaching them life lessons. Uh, he's really being a mentor, which a lot of them need, but he is a great coach, man. He has them coached up. And as, as much as I love what he's doing, we have to understand that bigger programs are probably going to come, man, because I think he's getting paid $350,000 a year. You know, he easily could go to one of these other programs, man, and make him a couple of million dollars a year, and you can't be mad at him because he's doing a great job as a coach. And I love the fact that Jackson State, now they're coming to Memphis this weekend because, you know, the Southern Heritage Classic, they get ready to play Tennessee State led by Eddie George who I think he almost his team almost beat who do they play? I think Eastern Michigan, Eastern Washington, Washington. Eastern, was, Washington. Eastern yeah. Washington. Washington. So uh hey and the Southern Heritage Classic, but people don't understand the Southern Heritage Classic been going on for decades and that's a huge matchup. Jackson State and Tennessee State coming to Memphis playing the Liberty Bowl. And you know Ike B that, that that's a game when we were playing we could never go because we was they was in the <laughs> Liberty Bowl. That means we were playing on the road. But it's still an outstanding environment, man. And uh, that's huge for the city of Memphis. And I'm looking forward for Jackson State and Tennessee State rocking it out uh, this weekend here in the M-Town.
1: Oh, yeah, no doubt. I'm sure it'll be a game. Uh, It's always uh, filled to capacity 66,000 in the Liberty Bowl. I'm sure it won't be any different. I think there's a growing rivalry between uh, the two coaching staffs and the players that are on the field. So. But, Doc, you're not only there for, for the bands now, you're actually there for the football that's being played on the yes. field.
0: And and that's a great point. I mean, that, that's a great point because a lot of times people like me, who, you know, know football, like I want to go, I want to see the bands, I want to see how they rock out. But now it's some high-level football going on with those two programs, but also in HBCUs. And I'd be, I be, they showed a graphic. I don't know what the number is. There's a lot of former NFL players who are head coaches at HBCUs now not only in football, but basketball as well, man. That says a lot because I would love to see HBCUs get the same kind of money, the same kind of TV opportunities, the same kind of ad and sponsorship opportunities, and the same kind of shine that some of these, you know, these larger schools get because they deserve
1: it. Oh, oh without a doubt, Doc. And I think it, all, it centers around recruiting. If you can recruit the five-star players that come to your program from a basketball standpoint, football standpoint, the sponsorships will follow, Doc. The eyes will follow. The TV contracts will follow. So I the very ground roots, uh, the ground roots, because there's disrespect to the, uh, the gramlins back in the day who mm-hmm. put so many Hall of Famers into the Pro Football yes. Hall of Fame. But it's now being, it's, it's, it's starting to come back. Last, you'll be first, first, you'll be last. And it's coming right back to where, you know, so many greats who couldn't go to these five, five-star schools or, or these power five schools in the past, they had to play right here at these HBCUs. And, you know, who knows, Doc, you could have been a TSU Tiger and I could have been a Bethune, Cookman, uh, whatever their nickname is, but I could have been a rattler up at FAMU, you know, for that. If You know, if we all just stayed in the, at HBCU rims. But I think it's starting to come back, Doc, uh, with names like Eddie George, guys yes. like Bubba McDowell at View, yes. uh, Coach Prime down, down at Jackson State doc it's happening man and those eyes and those sponsorships are starting to latch on to this brand of football
0: it's funny you said tsu man tennessee state yeah i actually went on a recruiting trip there (laughs) but the only reason i went on a recruit trip because my wife Yatasa, she was my girlfriend there she was at school at tennessee state i was like well i can go see her i ain't coming to tennessee state (laughs) i mean even when i got there i enjoyed it but i already knew i wanted to come to memphis man you know i wanted to be a memphis tigers legend but you're right, man. I love to see these HPUs growing and, uh, you know, getting some of these opportunities to get on national TV because it was another uh, HBCU game on national TV, the Hall of Fame Classic in Ken I think Winston-Salem State. Who are they playing? Central State. I think it is.
1: Central State.
0: Central yeah. State. And and yeah. that's your – I mean, they at your new home now. You know what I'm saying? Playing in the Hall of Fame game in Kent. But, bro, my, the highlight to me, I don't even know who won the game. I watched a little bit of it. But when I saw Mel Blunt, i like, Mel Blunt, 74 years, not a wrinkle in sight, man. Not a wrinkle in sight, Mel Blunt looks good, bro. But he went to Southern, but he was there representing, you know, the Hall of Fame classic. But Mel Blunt, bro, I, I'm pretty sure you saw him in the Hall of Fame. Like, Mel Blunt look young as heck, he look young as heck man.
1: Hey, not only that, you took uh, a six-four corner, where, you know, every time I, I see this. him, I, yes, sir, I had to size him up. And I'm like, yo, bro, I mean, <laughs> yeah you know you had to figure out a way because you had to move him to the slot because he yeah. could always use that sideline as a as a extra man for him yeah. and you know he was one of the guys that changed the rule he's the reason for the five yards five yard bump rule he it, yeah. they should call it the Mel blunt rule because you know he was that guy you couldn't get off the line of scrimmage I mean I, I could just imagine what practice was like for Lance Swan and uh the, the other great uh, Stallworth. Stallworth. Yeah, they, at times they couldn't get off the line of scrimmage versus Mel Blunt in practice man so he was a disruptor
0: every time I see Mel Blunt because I grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan that was my team as a child man uh and when I saw Mel Blunt I think yeah I saw him at your Hall of Fame induction but I didn't get close enough to see how tall he really is six four. god dang but I did but you can't you can't help but see that big bucket cowboy hat and I was looking at Mel blunt. I was like, "God damn, he don't have a wrinkle in sight, man. He's seventy-four years old." But anyway, love to see those HBCUs and sh- shout out to ESPN, man, for even highlighting those schools uh, because they deserve it. Now, before we get to our school, Memphis, Mississippi State, want to go over some of these other scores, man. Alabama, number one team in the nation, they beat the brakes off Utah State. Uh, 55 to nothing, man. Bryce Young did his thing. I mean, hey, you know, he won the Heisman Trophy last year, saying he probably going to win it again this year. But I don't see Heisman voters giving it to somebody two years in a row. Ohio State, number two in the nation, beat the fifth-ranked Notre Dame fighting Irish 21-10. to That was a nice little game, man. Marcus Freeman taking over at Notre Dame. Hey, they were playing tough because I thought Ohio State and C.J. Stroud was going to put that work on them. But Notre Dame looked real good, I agree.
1: And, uh, yeah, and not only that, quick shout out to my former teammate, Lorenzo Style, who has a son playing on both teams, one for the Buckeyes and one for the Irish, man. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey that's yeah, that's some DNA right now. That's some genetics right there. But salute to that, man, because that was a very entertaining and competitive game. I really thought Ohio State was going to pull away from them, man, because I didn't know what to expect from the Dame. But, man, Marcus Freeman got them. They out there playing physical, smacking you in your mouth, playing discipline, playing tough. So that was great. Competitive football game. What well, wasn't a competitive football game? Now, number three, Georgia beat Oregon forty-nine and three. Bro, they made the Oregon. They made the Oregon Ducks look like a like a money game, an opening game, money game, preseason game. Like Bethune Cookman going to Miami, man. Now Georgia is good. They're good, but Oregon, they got under the that first head coach Dan Lanning, former Memphis Tigers assistant under Mike Norvell, uh, but they got killed, bro. Oregon looked horrible. I think, I think Georgia scored, like, first seven touchdown the first seven times they got the ball, man. And Kirby Smart was like, "Dan Lennon used to coach for me. He took his foot off the- they could have scored 70 on Oregon. That was embarrassing for the Ducks, bro.
1: But, Doc, not a, not a really good weekend for the Pac-12 as a whole, man, as a, as a conference man. I mean, you, you, you know, you highlight that game. Oregon just got smacked around. It's like they didn't deserve to be on the field, and and you got to remember they were the eleventh ranked team in yes. the nation. Yeah. So, um, so to go down to SEC country and, and take a butt whipping like that, uh, you got Utah played a played a better game, but they also go back with a loss. So the pac twenty back twelve as a whole right now, man, is not looking real good for them.
0: And Utah lost on the road to Florida, but Florida was unranked. Yeah. But I, this the thing about it now, not like you just said, Florida beat Utah, number seven Utah. in the Swamp. It's always hard to win in the Swamp, but uh, people were expecting Utah to do great things, and maybe they will. But i say this right there. I have never respected Pac-12 football. Y'all play soft out there. Y'all not physical. Y'all play speed with some speed, and they play pretty. But Pac-12 football is soft, bro. I never had any confidence in them. I ain't got any confidence in them now. And it's been that way since we went to USC and beat the heck out of them in 1991. That's when I figured out how soft those West Coast football teams are. And once again, Utah, what? Utah, Pac 12 team, right? Came down okay. south, got the head beat in. Oregon, Pac-12, team, came down the south and played us a, a south, a team from the South and got the head beat in. It is what it is, man. So, you know, I ain't worried about nothing back twa- Pac-12. I, I ain't never uh uh was uh, happy about what y'all were doing, even when y'all was doing. USC was doing their thing with Reggie Bush and Matt and them and all of them. I still didn't have no respect for Pac-12 football, bro. I mean, a, a, am I being too harsh, Ike be You smiling because you played on the West Coast, but you was a Southern dude when you went, you know, to JUCO out there. So you ain't, no, you ain't no Pac-12 West Coast dude.
1: Well, well Doc, it's a, it's a lot, of, lot of distractions on the West Coast, let's be real, from, from the Pacific Ocean to, you know, just hanging out and doing some skiing and skateboarding. They got other things they may want to do. But you do have a brand of football that's that's different from what we're accustomed to down here in the south and the south. But at the same time, Doc, I mean, you got some players that come out from the West Coast and, and, and make huge impacts, not only in college while they're there, but also when they go to the next level in the National Football League. So I'm not just going to just going dump on them completely, but uh, it's a different I'll say a different brand of football.
0: It is a different brand of football, and they do have a lot of great things to do on the West Coast. One thing, now they can go to Bruce Beach. You know what I'm saying? Go, go to Bruce Beach. That's right. They might have you. Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah, in Manhattan, you know, go to Bruce Beach, you know. Uh, right. But anyway, man, still, I, I'm going to say it again. But, yeah, some yeah, some Pac-12 players, they go to the NFL and, and have have some success. But this is what I say about that, because the, the NFL is a, is a smorgasbord. It's a melting pot of a lot of different – Dudes from a lot of different areas of the country. When you when you got a a, a holy West Coast team coming down there to the plate, a team like Georgia when the majority of everybody from the South, so you got a team full of Southerners playing a team full of West Coasters. That's the difference in the NFL. Everybody mixed together, bro. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, they go to the NFL, Ooh, has, but I just ain't got no love for Pac-12 football. I ain't got no love for for West Coast football. I'm sorry, man. I don't give a damn about y'all getting mad. NFL is another thing, but college. No, nah, bro, y'all, yeah, yeah that ain't tough out there. They ain't playing no tough football out there because even it, 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 I ain't gonna call no names. But when we were playing for Memphis, I used to look and be like, oh, what he, where he, what they from? Where he from? He from Cali?" Oh, no, nah, bro, he, he ain't gonna make it. Now it's a couple of, it's a couple of Memphis Tigers from from the West Coast. They were some dogs. I ain't gonna call their names because if I call their names, the other ones know I'm t- talking about them. That were soft, so I ain't gonna do. I ain't gonna do that, I beat. Uh, but anyway, man, you know, great weekend of college football. I'm glad the college football season has started. And uh uh yeah, and now on to our Memphis Tigers, man. We, we I I took I did this for a reason. I wanted to be happy before I get sad. Our Memphis Tigers opened up, opened up the season at Mississippi State. And Mississippi, Mississippi State beat the shit. I mean, not they beat the hell out of us. 49 to 23. They beat, bro, they absolutely dominated it. Now, I kind of understand, Ike B, that Mississippi State was going to be upset when we beat them 31-29 last year in the Liberty Bowl. You know, we had the controversial Calvin Austin third punt return where they thought they downed it. They didn't. He picked it up and took it for a touchdown, 94 yards. And me and you and, and Darius Bu- Blair, we on that iconic picture, you know, saying go this way as Calvin Austin is picking them up and putting them down, going for a touchy, but Ike B, they dominated us. They dominated the Memphis Tigers in every aspect, bro. They were up 28-3 at the half. But when we look at the, the game, Mississippi State had 547 total yards. We had 294. Now, majority of those yards came in the second half. First half, they beat the hell out of us, bro. They had 34 first downs. We had 13. They won 11 of 13 on third down. That's ultimate, ultimate. Physical disrespect, man. As much as I love my Memphis Tigers, we were not ready to play on offense. We were not ready to play on defense. We were not ready to play on special teams. They thoroughly, physically dominated us, man. And I, 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 I'm I, extremely disappointed. I ain't, you know, if we would have lost, we lost. But we we got our heads beat in, dog.
1: Well, well Doc, you know what? Um, there's a lot of disappointment to go around uh, for what we saw uh, this past weekend down at Starkville. Uh, Doc, I mean, just, you know, from a, a a physical standpoint, I I think it looked like, you know, just sitting back watching the game on television. Like we matched up uh, with what they presented as far as physicality. But I think schematically from a defensive standpoint, you know, you also throw in a two hour rain delay. I don't think we really were attacking. I think we gave them a little bit too much respect from, uh, from, from just, you know, playing up against what they call the air raid offense. I don't think we had really attacked that quarterback and make that quarterback move off his grass or get him to run or make him uh, find a second throw. We didn't do a good enough job of doing that, Doc. And I think, you know, um, you know, kind of up front, we, we've been lacking some beef over the last couple of years just in the running game. I think that beef is there this year, Doc. When you look at what we got up front from, uh, uh, we're, we're running a 4-3 now. Those four down guys, I think they're big enough to really restrict a team that's want, that wants to run the football against us and stop the run. So that, that being said, I felt like we could have really focused on their quarterback a little bit more, Will Rogers, and kind of get him off his spot, send that fifth man if we had to, and really bring the guys, press him up a little bit on the back end to really challenge these receivers. I, don't, I think we gave a little bit too much respect to what was happening with the Mississippi State uh, offense, man, that air raid. And it really, it really backfired against us. I mean, it punished us. They, 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 they didn't have any, you know, uh, any resistance from our defense doc. And it just didn't look good, man. So I think we go back to the drawing board defensively, schematically, and we come back with a different approach next week, man, which is totally different. We got Navy this week. So we got a triple option team this week. So we got to get back in the lab and, and shoot our guns. I always remember Tim Rose saying, shoot your gun. This week, we didn't shoot our guns defensively. Offensively, it's a, it's a I, I, Doc, I think we're, we have players. I think we're, we're missing that spark plug. We have been so accustomed to uh, playmakers on our offense, Doc. They showed, a, they showed a, 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 a screenshot of the guys in the NFL from the running back position that we have currently right now that have played in this Memphis program. Doc, we should never be void of a, of, of a dominating running back in our offense right now. We should never be void because we can go into a recruits house and say, listen, this is what we have. We have gang well. We have guys uh, that are making plays in the National Football League that have come through this program and you should be the next one. Doc, I didn't see it. Doc, I, I, I didn't see it from a standpoint of guys that just spark and just get the fight started. And uh, I'm not sure. I mean, they, they look good in their uniform. Let's, 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 let's be real. But as far as guys going out there and saying, you know what, I'm making plays today. I don't think that guy has really emerged yet. So hopefully next week that guy can emerge. And I'm talking about from all positions offensively, even the quarterback, he looked a little rattled. I mean, you know, you talk about a sophomore slump. I mean, this game really didn't start off his season really well, the way he looked as far as he was throwing the football and connecting with his guys on the outside.
0: That was some great points, Isaac. And for everybody that don't know, the Tim Rose he talking about was one of our defense coordinators. When we were at Memphis. Shoot your guns! And the running backs that <laughs> Isaac Bruce is talking about because right now, over the course of the last five years, the running backs that we have in the NFL is Kenneth Gain. Well, you talked about with the Eagles now. Antonio Gibson, he's with the he's with the com- uh, commanders. I keep wanting to say the commandos. Uh, the commanders. Daryl Henderson is with our Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Patrick Taylor, Jr., uh, is with the Green Bay Packers. Well, he was, he's been with them the last couple. And Tony Pollard is with the Dallas Cowboys. And, and, and people don't understand, bro. At some point, like all them dudes was in the, in the in the locker room what? together. That's crazy, what? though. They was in the same backfield together. But those are the running backs that Memphis has put in the NFL who are contributing and playing well in the NFL right now. This what this is what I was so upset about our squad, man. And you're right. I'm looking, I'm looking like, okay. New defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator. All right. I'm still a Memphis Tigers fan. I love them. But this one was what was pissing me off. I'm like, we have, a lot of times we have four people in the box. So you got four people in the box. Not only were we rushing four people, we have four people in the box. So a lot of times we rushing four people in the box, which means you're putting seven people in coverage. And this damn dude still threw for 450 yards, man. Five touchdowns. We only picked them once. He went 38 for 49. So the majority of the time, like you said, we showed the air raid offense too much respect. Most of, the time we was, most of the times we were putting six and seven people in pass coverage. And this dude still struck us for 450 yards, man. We didn't make any adjustments. I, I just, I was perplexed at that. And what you said is what, I, what we're missing. I ain't going to even lie. Dog, we need some dogs. We need somebody that step up like when we were playing or even these last couple of years when we're losing and we see somebody don't have any energy, somebody is on the sideline cursing about ready to fight, about, you know, pissed off because the pride says saying that you're getting dominated the way you're getting dominated, especially on television. So that's what I'm waiting up. We, we, we need a senior to come out or a senior, I don't care who it is, to be vocal to get in these guys' face, man, somebody they respected, inject some energy into them because I didn't see any energy, bro. And I, I didn't see any mental toughness, man. And that's something we got to get better at. And like you said, we talked about Will Rogers, 38 to 49, 450 yards, five touchdowns, one intercept, one interception, Mississippi State's quarterback then. Seth Hennigan, like you said, 19 to 30, bro, 165 yards, one touchdown. and. And you're right. I, I didn't I don't see I didn't see any playmakers for us. And we got to have at yeah. least
1: one. Yeah. I mean, guys have to step up. Doc. We have to, I mean, you know, I mean, the the message has been, I mean, the foundation's been built. The message has been delivered. Now guys have to step up and play and become that explosive player that you've been in high school. I mean, that's no different here once you get uh on that next level in college, man. You can, you know, the cream will rise to the top. But these guys, we got to find that guy who's going to be that leader on offense, defense, and the special teams. And even in special teams, when the offense doesn't have it clicking, the defense doesn't have it clicking, we got to have somebody on a punt or a kickoff return who can really spark this team, or spark this group, man, and push them forward. But you know, to be able to you know sit up, sit up against our defense and throw for four hundred yards, and really not throw the ball more than twenty yards down the field. Yes, a lot. You're just dinking and dunking. Doc, that says a lot about, you know, what we're doing as far as tackling. That says a lot about what we're doing as far as being able to come up and challenge these receivers, get in their face. Um, you know, that's I mean, that's the brand of football that we want to play. So let's go ahead and go out and show it, man.
0: We got to. And that's the thing about it, man. It ain't it ain't even like it's not even like he was trying to take the top off the defense. He was just, yeah. he was just, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna be methodical methodical with you all. And I didn't see a defensive adjustment, bro. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't see it, man. And, you know cash Chess can not be pushing you around, man. That can't happen, dog. You got to do something. We were getting pushed around too much. And I love these young royals, and this is from big bro talking to young bro. Well, I can't I'm I'm old enough to be old enough to be their daddy. So this daddy figure talking to young kid, young, young royals, man. Uh you got to be you got to be it's it's one thing to be physically tough, but you got to be mentally tough too, man. Man, you you can't, you know, I I don't I wouldn't I'd be mad as hell. I'd be ready to fight somebody losing like that getting pushed around like that that don't mean i want to fight the team that i'm going up against because they're doing what they're supposed to do but if i'm if i'm next to a dude i see you out there you ain't giving 100 percent, and you justin punked out bro, i got a problem with you dog. so i didn't see that but the one bright spot was the uh the, the running back the transfer running back from northern illinois man javon duck he can't you know he, he's brandon thomas started but javon ducker came in five carries, 63 yards broke up a 50 yard touchdown uh, that's the one I saw in the team scrimmage a couple of weeks ago who was toting that rock. Uh, Mac Freshman of the year last year, almost 1,200 yards and three touchdowns. So uh, he looked, you know, he he was a bright spot. But overall, we were getting dominated, man. We were not winning the line of scrimmage because Mississippi State wasn't giving us anything in the first half. Yeah. It's almost like they got a, you know, they might have pulled off the gas in the second half. Who was able to find some tempo and do some positive things, but, I'm not. I'm not lost on the season, man. I still believe in what we can do and, and where we going.
1: Oh, absolutely, Doc. I mean, we got. There's a lot of room for improvement, and it starts this week in practice, man. I mean, just uh, you know, when 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 it seems as if the offense doesn't have it going, there should be some spark plays that we can our go to plays, you know, to get drive started. So, um, it, it's either coming through players or coming through schemes. So, we got to make sure that we're on the same page this week going in, going on the road again. Play a Navy team, man, that's going to give you everything you can handle. They won't beat themselves. They won't make mistakes. So we got to go in and score some points, man.
0: And what you said about playmakers, man, Seth Hennigan, he had Calvin Austin the third last year. Yep. Who's
1: with Pittsburgh now.
0: And Sean Dawkins, the tight end, who was his security right. Them two dudes gone. And our receivers, Ike B, they lost, they, they dropped a lot of p- passes, man. I was looking yeah. like, man, what the, what the hell? What, where you focused? So they lost a lot of – so somebody got to step up and help south henning but he got to help himself man because if you want to be that qb if you want to not only be the starting quarterback if you want to be qb1 because to me those are two th- two different things a cat can start at quarterback and not be qb1 one. qb1 one encompasses it all it's like i'm that dude man even if i got to come off the bench so south Hennigan, if you want to be qb1 young 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 fella you got to help yourself man and make some plays and make some things happen so We'll see what's going on with Navy. Uh, and because to be honest with you, Navy sorry as hell, not the not the Navy that won that fight for us, the naval football team. Hey, sorry, man. So, we better go, we, we better go on the road and beat them. We better not lose this game and go on two. Now, Ike be now, college football, man. We, you know, good weekend, but not the NFL getting ready to start up, man. We ain't gonna go through all the games, but we're gonna talk about our Rams. Our Rams open up the NFL season, the defending. Super Bowl champions. We open up the season. First game of the 2022 season. Thursday night against them Buffalo Bills now. Matthew Stafford, we know he had problems with his elbow during camp. He says ain't no restrictions and limitations on his elbow, which is good to hear. I hope that's true. But, bro, this ain't going to be no easy ball game. This this is mm-hmm. almost like a Super Bowl preview, possibly, mm-hmm. in week one. Because as good as we are, I'm looking forward to see what Allen Robinson does for us. I'm looking forward to see what, what Bobby Wagner means for our defense and how he's going to mess, with. I think he's going to mess well. You got him. You got Aaron Donald on that first level of defense, then Bobby Wagner taking care of that second level. But Buffalo, bro. Hey, man, they might easily be Super Bowl champions this year, man. It's going to be a nice little game.
1: It's going to be a really good game, Doc. I mean, you, you, you know, we played this game three years ago in Buffalo, and it was a great game uh, that went down to the very end. So... You know, players change, players different from both uh, both teams, but just the matchup, the anticipation of it, man, it's opening night. Um, you know, the difference from opening night in the NBA and the NFL is, is is very different from a physical standpoint, a collision standpoint. Uh, we get to drop that banner, uh, the Super Bowl championship banner in SoFi Stadium, and uh, it's going to be emotional in the beginning, but at the same time, we're we still going to come out and play a brand of football. That's, uh, that's always been conducive to winning our division and propelling us into the playoffs and hopefully making another long, long run this year. But Buffalo has the same mindset, man. They, they think they're uh, really put together from an offensive standpoint, led by Josh Allen. Uh, you got digs on the perimeter, a running game, a team that wants to run the football uh, from a running back standpoint and from a quarterback standpoint. So they, they have a lot of firepower offensively and they're led by a defensive head coach. As a guy who, who 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 breads his butter on defense, so he wants to make sure that his defense is up to par, McDermott. And um, you know, I think it'll be a good game. I mean, between two teams that are that that a lot of people pick or predict to be in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Four. So um, it'll be a great matchup. I think both teams will come out, and uh, you, you know, I'm looking forward to it, Doc, because it'll be a, it'll be a really good test. Just to see where the mindset of the Los Angeles Rams are coming off winning this Super Bowl.
0: And Von Miller's coming back. Helped us, helped us oh, win a yeah. Super Bowl last year. Now he's coming back with Buffalo after he got that 100 mil at done. So he's going to be coming out trying to get at Matthew Stafford's head, man. But, but aside yeah. from that game, I'm just, I just like the fact that the NFL is going to start up, man. Any other NFL games you excited about? Because I ain't going to talk about the rest of them games. We'll talk about it next week, man. But previews, I just, yeah. I just play.
1: Yeah, yeah, we can preview next week, Doc. I mean, it, the NFL is what it is. There's a lot of great sports going on right now, Doc. But, but, bro, we would be remiss not to mention what's happened and what happened in the WNBA yesterday. I don't know if you saw that game between the Seattle. Three Storm, field goals you know. in three seconds. Yeah, oh, go ahead. You got God. it. Doc, it, 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 was, it was awesome, man. Shout out to Chelsea Gray. Because, I mean, she she's magnificent, Doc. She's clutch. You yeah. know, it's what we talk about as far as the NBA players. But she is clutch. She made some big shots down the stretch to, to keep her team in the game, to tie it up and, and ultimately send it into overtime. You got Aja Wilson, who made big plays at the end. And I can't say enough about Sue Bird and, and uh, Brianna Stewart, man. Doc, they were balling, Doc. The, there, those are some girls. Some of these women's, women that I just mentioned, Doc, I can see them having a role in the NBA, Doc. I mean, you know, let's let's say it's 82 games and let's say all the guys don't always play a, a high level defense. Mm-hmm. So you can probably get the same level of defense with these ladies. But guess what? These ladies ain't missing wide open jump shots. Yeah. It ain't happening. It, 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 it's not happening. We went last year talking about a particular person, you know, not being able to hit an open jump shot. Doc, it ain't happening with these ladies. You are not leaving them open because they are not down shooters. Mama, there go that woman again, man, because she was they was knocking down shot stop
0: And uh, and I'm glad you brought that up, man, because you're right, man. That three three shots hit in the last three seconds, and everybody and – the thing about it, see, Brianna Stewart and Sue Burris, I don't like the UConn Huskies. <laughs> that's why. But you have to give them some – that's some hooping that they do. And Asia Wilson is a baller. But it's a lot of ballers in the WNBA. They just don't get – enough shine, and I guess we don't talk about, I don't talk about him enough either, but there was some high-level basketball, but not only that, the arena was packed. The atmosphere yes. was exciting. There was an exciting basketball game, and this is what I like about uh, even women college basketball players and specifically, specifically WNBA players. Bro, like you said, they are extremely skilled. They don't really miss wide-open jump shots. They gonna, You leave them open, they're going to knock them down. It's and open. a lot of them play some high-level basketball, so you're yeah. right. We would be remiss if we didn't mention it, but thank you for thankfully you're my partner because it was on my head. I forgot about it. We're not remiss because you did mention it. So salute to the WNBA and the playoffs that they got going on, man. It's a, it's an exciting brand of basketball, and I hope a lot of people uh tune in to check it out.
1: Yeah, man, high-level coaching, man. Just the last couple of plays called at the end of the game to get, get people open to score baskets. It was high-level coaching, high-level execution, and I was excited, man. I was excited, too, man. And
0: I was excited about this episode of the Round Pass option. Anything else you want to add, man, before we uh, roll up out of here?
1: Uh, That's it, man. I mean, we're getting getting ready. I think we got one more game tonight, Clemson. See what Clemson has. And uh, Georgia Tech, uh, one of my former teammates, high school teammates. His son plays. He's a freshman for Georgia Tech, so I get an opportunity to see what he, what he looks like, uh, starting, he's won the starting job, 6'2", 230, outside linebacker, so um, it, it, it's going to wrap up a really good uh, week of college football, just sports in general, man, you still got the U.S. Open going, Coco Golf, she's Coco. still alive, and uh, she's moving on to the quarterfinals, finals, hope she gets to the semis and, you know, win her first major, so it, it's great to see, salute to Serena Williams, man, thank you for all the, all the great tennis you played, uh, all the uh, yeah, um, just just really showing how to go situations, man, and be like like never say die. I've seen her come down from two sets down and match points, and and uh, you know she always had a flair for fashion and just just being just being a goat who she is, man. Thank you, Serena.
0: Yeah, man, Serena Williams, outstanding tennis career, uh, everything she did for the sport, everything she did for the culture, everything she did for just. Period, man. The things she's accomplished, man. And, you know, her sister Bean is still playing. I think they, yeah. they lost in the uh, Opens, uh, the first round of the doubles. But just to see them back out there playing together and Serena brings out the stars, man. Uh, but she got, you know, 41 years old, uh, what, 23, I think, Graham Slam, uh, slam single titles. Uh, the person who has 24, Margaret Court, came by and said some interesting things about Serena, man. Said Serena don't really admire her, don't respect her. And Margaret Court basically said that, you know, her career was better than Serena's. She said Serena hadn't won any champ Slams titles after uh, a ch- her child. Margaret Court was like, I won two. I won two after my child. So Margaret Court feels like she doesn't get the respect that she deserves, even in her own country. I think she's in Australia or something, but Margaret Court, Serena Williams. But anyway, man, two great tennis legends, Serena Williams wrapping up an outstanding tennis career. So she did provide... Uh, some memories for us and still is, man. Because she had a lot of cats watching tennis, bro. She did, like in the hood. Like I used to go to the barber shop yeah. on Saturdays and they used to have tennis on, but only because it was Serena <laughs> playing, you know. So, so she loved. She brought a lot of eyes to the sport of tennis, man. So salute to her, man, and uh, salute to you too, B, man. But that's gonna do it for another great episode of the Ron Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We talk sports. God dang it, cuz we no sports. We, we out. out.